Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Celtic take on Ross County in league duty at Celtic Park tomorrow, but might have to do so without a recognised left back, such as the the situation with Celtic squad management right now. This is Tino with the match preview, joined here by James. James, your initial thoughts ahead of this one? Yeah, I mean, your first league game back after the break, so we just want to get off to a, a good start. You know, we've said a few times in the last few weeks, maybe even longer, we need to be going on a run. Um, we're on a run as such, the winter break breaks that and we need to just get that going again and run this right through to pretty much end of March, I would say, without any drop points. If we can do that, I think we can take care of business. Um, like you say, challenges there, but fortunately we're in a transfer window, so you'd expect something to be on the next seven days, eh? Or less than? Well, could do with signing somebody today to throw them right in at left back. I mean, this is the kind of worst case scenario that us and many others have been uh, not forecasting, but warning against, you know, what happens if Greg Taylor gets injured? What happens if Joe Hart gets injured? What happens if Kyogo gets injured? Um, and the bottom line is Celtic just haven't prepared for these cases, you know, properly. I, I've just, I've put it down to gross mismanagement of the squad. Now, I don't know how much responsibility is on the manager and how much is on recruitment and backroom team to do so, but whoever's in charge of it has got it wrong because the only genuine left back at the club is Greg Taylor. Let's take Burnaby out of the equation. The only genuine left back we've got is Greg Taylor, and lo and behold, he picks up a knock, and we're we're going to be scraping about for options here. Yeah, I mean, I reckon the recruitment team has been given Rogers options, and Rogers saying that's not the standard. <clears throat> and Celtic obviously the recruitment team will be saying, well, that's the budget. They'll be saying, well, you need to raise the budget. That's that's the blocker here. It's always money when it comes to Celtic, always. So we can get the quality, but we need to spend the money. We're not spending the money. Here's what you're getting for that budget. And Rogers is saying, nah, that's that's not coming into my team. I can do I can do, do just as well with your know, Mitchell Frame or Burnaby. Hopefully Mitchell Frame goes on, obviously, to, to develop. But um Rogers is saying, you're not bringing me in anything better than what I've already got. So no thanks. Do you think do you get the vibe? And it sounds like you do, that Brendan Rogers and Mark Loyal are just on different pages. Rogers was interesting uh, comments yesterday. Saying he's got a great uh, communicative relationship with uh, Michael Nicholson and Chris McKay, is it? Yeah. You know, um, so it's like, who's he leaving out of the picture there? It's pretty damning. That's a, that seems to be a, a Brendan Rodgers approach. You might remember a few weeks ago, yeah. he was talking about the players that had strong mentality and character, and he specifically named, if I remember rightly, Scarlett uh, McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, Liam Scales. And then obviously doesn't mention other guys. And by their omission, that means there's maybe a question mark over them. I wonder if he's employed or deployed the same tactic here by not naming um, Mark Lovell. Listen, if that's where we've got to, we know that Brendan Rodgers ended up with a, a strained relationship with Peter Lowell, you know, whatever it was, six years ago or something like that. But towards the end of his tenure, you know, in his third season, it's a bit worrying that that seems to have crept up again, what, what we said, seven months into his new reign. 
Yeah, but I, th- I think it's because, in reality, we found ourselves with a, an unqualified head of recruitment who's out of his depth. Um, and I want to take the personal side of things out of it. You know, I don't care for people giving Mark Law the person a hard time. He's not going to knock the job back. You know, it's a, a great opportunity for a Celtic fan, a guy in that world. But he didn't have the experience of signing players at our level. He had the experience of signing players at Yokohama's level. And that that's it's two different worlds. Um, they need to have developed beyond Yokohama to be at our level. So you can get them in. Pre-development, fine. That, that's you done your job at Yokohama, but that doesn't cut it at Celtic. Um, and it just sounds woeful inadequacy all over the place. But it's structural at Celtic. You know, like I was saying in the main show this week, we need to grow up. We need to appoint senior people in senior positions who've got experience and the right to hold those positions in the moment. We don't. Yeah, you might well be right. And I've heard that Mark Lowell is part of his work with the City Group. He worked in you know New York, probably Yokohama, as you mentioned. Potentially, you know, various other clubs. I don't believe he was involved directly on recruiting players for the big club, Man City. Obviously, the, the kind of flagship club there at the, the City Group. But he's got good experience. Whether he's got enough experience or had enough experience to get the big job at Celtic, I don't know. You're absolutely right. It's not a personal thing. It's just a, as a supporter, you want the best for Celtic in all areas, certainly regards to the football department. So it starts with players, then it's coaches, managers, recruitment you know, and everything else behind the scenes. Anyway, we'll crack on. Before we do so, thanks to everyone joining us in the live. I see Patrick Duffy there, Northampton, Tim, and a few others. So thanks as always for everyone who's joining us there. Be sure to add any comments that you feel are relevant and we'll look to discuss them as part of this recording here. Um, James Brendan Rogers himself, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday to the to the main man. We had a good chat about him uh, on Monday in the weekly show, didn't we? He's not, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think by and large, most fans are happy with with him being the man in control at this moment in time, and they'll be looking for a big second half of the season from his players. Yeah, and and obviously happy birthday, Brendan Rodgers. Take nothing away from him, but it's uh, when Celtic are tweeting stuff out and fans are saying, "Stop doing this. Read the room. Tell us when you're making signings, or tell us nothing." Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's it's a big afternoon for for himself, but the team too. You know, it's um, it's time to get going again. Yeah. It's also Jose Mourinho's birthday, must be a manager thing. Uh, and it was also Mitchell Frame's birthday yesterday, I think, and Paolo Bernardo's during the week. So a lot is going on in terms of birthday stuff. And we'll get to a wee bit of Mitchell Frame chat when we discuss the left-back options that Celtic have got. Um, in terms of guys who won't be available for tomorrow, all five of the guys that were away at the Asian Cup, so that's Rio Hitati and Daisen Maeda for Japan, Owen Yang for South Korea and Marco Tullio for Australia. All five have qualified for the knockout stages, so we won't have them available to us get into this one. But James, let's start at the back. Um, Joe Hart will start in goals, absolutely no doubt about that. What's your back four looking like? Uh, Alistair Johnson, CCV, Navrotsky and Scales. You're going for the Scales option. So we tweeted last night, obviously the news broke yesterday about Greg Taylor. So the quote is, quote unquote from Brendan Rodgers, Greg will be out for a few weeks. Apparently he felt a strain in his calf towards the end of the Bucky Thistle game. So you're then looking at the options at left back and it can't be Burnaby, can it? So can we can we take him off the list? Um, he's clearly not fancied by Brendan Rodgers. He said next to no game time. So I don't think that's a, a genuine option, which would leave the other two. Well, there's maybe three. The other two genuine options, I think, would be Liam Scales moving across, which I'm not sure we'll see. I know you've put it down there, but he's played the last, I think it's 27 games in a row at centre half for Celtic. It would be quite a move to move him out of that position, I think. So it would leave young Mitchell Frame, seven, sorry, turned 18 there uh, yesterday. 
He played on Wednesday night for Celtic's B team, who had a, a decent 3-1-1 away at Southampton. So he's played the full 90 there. He's travelled back. Scored. Might be some fatigue. Yeah, it's got the third goal. Might be some fatigue issues there. The other option, which I've kind of forgot to consider, is Tony Ralston, who came on at left-back semi-recently, didn't he? One of those games around about the Christmas break. So I know you've you're opted for skills on this occasion. Do you think there's a shout for Frame or Ralston? Um, look, look at Ralston first and foremost. He came on and did really well there. You know, he was kind of just forced into that position. I thought he had a really good game. But it's just awkward, you know, a right-sided player at left-back. Um, in terms of how we play and how we break out, it's really difficult if you're you know, facing into the stand rather than facing into the pitch. So I think for that reason, I would I would I would have Tony on the bench for sure because he gives you right back and centre half options. Um, Mitchell Frame, if I'd if I'd seen him against Bucky, then he'd probably be starting for me tomorrow. Um, but he was carrying a knock up until then. It was his first game back in a couple for the B team on Wednesday. So I don't think he'll throw him right in. But I think he will be on the bench. I don't think Bernabeu will be on the bench, neither should he be. If he's not fancied, then just give it to the recruitment team to sort out, get him a, a loan move, a sale, whatever. But it's not going to happen for him under Rodgers. And I don't think it'll happen for him you know, at all at Celtic. He's been given his chances and he, he can't say it hasn't. So that's that. Um, in terms of yeah, you know, picking skills in there, I think CCV's fit and he'll be back. So he's starting. Um, Navrotsky's been playing... Well, you know, a couple of wee things against Bucky that wasn't too clever, but you can see he's he's starting to settle in. Um, and it's really that, you know, Scales has played all those games at centre-half when we really needed him to. And, you know, we still didn't want him to, but when there's there's more options at the centre-half level now, you know, Welsh is back, he's on the bench, Lagley Bielka's fit, but he shouldn't be in the squad. So there's a lot of left-backs in there, and that gives us, if you like, the luxury of resting skills from a certain half point of view and deploying him on the left back. I don't think he's necessarily great at left back. Probably needs more game time to to develop that side of things, but he's fit, he's athletic, he can pick a pass and he's left footed. All those things considered, that's my choice. Yeah, and I can understand the rationale and it, it might be what he goes with. You, you've obviously not got Tony Ralston in the, the same category as Danny McGrain who could easily do right and left back and no problem on for Danny. Um, and my, my gut feeling is that Ralston might get the nod. Uh, and it is an unnatural thing. Um, but if, equally, I could see the skills. Like, I just think that there'll be a, a reluctance from Rodgers to pitch skills out there to a position where he's not featured all season, but he has excelled at centre-half. It's a, it's a tricky one, and this is why Brendan, the birthday guy, will, will be paid all the money that he's paid at Celtic to make these calls. But from your own point of view, you think Carter Vickers will return Navrosky alongside him, skills left back, Alistair Johnson over on the right. Uh, there's a decent comment that's come in um, from Mikey Boy 80. Um, you'll see in the screen anyone watching the live. He says, if we get a replacement in for Greg Taylor, and let's hope we do, that puts Taylor to back up. What happens to Mitchell Frame's progression? And that's a good question. What do you think, James? Should we have always have three players for every position, allowing for your number one, maybe your backup in development? But it's a good question because it does choke the development of a Mitchell frame if Celtic do go and sign another left-sided defender? I think it's just timing. You know, Mitchell frame maybe isn't quite ready to to take the jersey itself. Maybe he is. You know, we would need to see. But we, we certainly don't know if he's ready, um, which kind of means he's not. I think if he did sign that left-back, it would then be in Mitchell frame if he develops, as we hope he does, 
then it would be that new signing and Mitchell Frame um, duking out and maybe Greg Taylor, his future lies elsewhere. Um, and I mean with that with the greatest respect. I, I, I love Greg Taylor's attitude. Um, I, I love the kind of commitment that he gives to the team and how he's, he's, he's dug in over the last few years. He's seen off plenty of challengers as well. But I just think, you know, we need to be moving up the levels. If we win the league, then we get into a whole new Champions League format and that, that makes it harder still. So I think it's been a good run for Greg, but just potentially maybe his future lies elsewhere and hopefully a, a good move for him that, you know, rewards him for all his hard efforts. Yeah, and we should see movement at left back, whether it's whether it's in this window, and it, and it should be, but whether it's a loan signing, permanent signing or whatever else, there's, there's work to be done there. And if Brendan Rodgers, and listen, the guy knows football better than any, any of us, but if he's doing his ongoing squad assessment, which I'm sure is a, an ongoing thing for him and his backroom team, they must have identified left-back as an area for strengthening. So let's see what Celtic decide. Um, and in the midfield, does this pick itself at this moment in time, James? Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, Paolo Bernardo? Hey, the starting 11 does. starting three does, but you're, uh, you're light on cover. Um, so yeah, for me, Callum Matt O'Reilly and Bernardo, yeah. Will Matt O'Reilly be distracted by talk of a big money move to Atletico Madrid? So everyone will know by now, but Brendan Rodgers confirmed yesterday that Atletico did make an offer. I think the suggestion is a loan with a view to making it a permanent deal in the summer. No chat about what that figure would be, but it, it must be, um, or it should be, in excess of the £25 million, which is Celtic's record uh, sale at this moment in time. Kind of joint record for Jota and Kieran Tierney. Um if he's to go, James, it should be to a club at that calibre. And it's, I suppose it's reassuring as such that big clubs like that will still come in for Celtic's players. That's a that's a sign for potential new signings that if you come here and impress, you can get the big move. You know, it's up to you to go and do your job, but you can get the big move. But it'd be a real concern. And, you know, we've still got six odd days to worry about, but it'd be a real concern if Celtic accepted any sort of offer for O'Reilly in this window. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things in there. You know, Celtic can't make the argument that, well, we, we couldn't, you know, reject that kind of uh, cash injection in the club. And the fans can't buy that anymore because you're not spending it. So you can't make that pitch to the fans. So that's dead. Um, I think O'Reilly will be sitting quite relaxed about it all. He'll be delighted to see there's interest there, of course. But I think he's going to be very, very careful in choosing his next club. And I think he will choose that next club in the summer. But... You know, a, a friend of ours, Tony Dock, he, he was saying that he doesn't really think O'Reilly suits Atletico's style. You know, I know they've got Griezmann and they can, they can play ball, but it's nasty football a lot of the time as well. Does that really fit O'Reilly's style? I don't know. I think he's maybe better than a, an all-out football type team. You know what? Spurs, dare, dare I say, um, might well fit under under Ange. And wouldn't be the, the strangest thing. Or maybe Liverpool is the case, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think O'Reilly will be pretty relaxed about it. Be up in the morning, do his meditation, head to the game, have a good day. He's a he's a Zen character, isn't he? And I think Brendan Rodgers was saying just that. He said, he, you know, he mentioned he'd a good chat with Matt yesterday morning. Seems to be in a good place, and he he reassured us that he won't be going anywhere this summer. Managers and clubs and agents and all that they can say a lot of these things though, and it might be true at that time. You know, at time of going to print as such, but things change. You know, money changes and and. Opinions change. And ultimately, we put an article out yesterday saying that despite the fact that he's contracted to 2027, player power is such a thing in the modern game. And Matt O'Reilly effectively holds all the cards. If he wants to go and if he, you know, stomps his feet and, and decides that's where his future lies, 
then often that plays out. And Brendan Rodgers was quoted last week ahead of the Bucky Thistle game saying that in his experience, if a player generally wants to go, you should let him go. And Celtic suffered during the, the fabled, failed 10 season. They're holding on to guys that didn't want to be there. You know, Odson Edward was top of that list. You could argue Chris Iyer, uh, Ryan Christie as well. Um, you see the comment comment on screen from San Fran Celtic saying that O'Reilly's shown again what a quality act he is. And it sounds like the comments, James, coming from, from that camp via Brendan Rodgers is that he is the kind of balanced guy that we, we think and hope he is. And it looks like he's happy and content to, to park that till summer and focus on all things Celtic in the meantime. Yeah, I, I think that's how it is. You know, um, what, what this might well do is flush out other potential suitors and then O'Reilly can look at that over the next you know four or five months and say, well, you know, that if we could make that happen, that's where I would like to play. And we've heard there's a bit of interest there. So, you know, his agent would maybe develop that conversation rather than, you know, going to a club that's a big, big club, you know, in a big league, Atletico. But I just don't know if style. Um, so it's, you know, there's a comment from uh, Colin Stewart saying, you know, he need to learn to fall down and scream a lot more. It's not in his game. And it is definitely Atletico's game. So not that he can't develop that, but I, I just think it's in his, his makeup, you know. You, you say that, but give somebody 150 grand a week and it might become part of their makeup. So money can change. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It doesn't seem a natural fit between the snarling antics of Diego Simeone to the what looks like a genuine nice guy in Matt O'Reilly. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But the, the big hope, of course, is that he goes nowhere uh, during the next few months because we've got such an important run in uh, on the cards. Let's look at the strikers, James. It's got to be cool. Go through the middle again. Greg Taylor style because we've got no other option. So Kyogo is your number nine. So I'd expect it'll be him. Who flanks him? I've got Palmer and Abada, but obviously we've got Nicholas Kuhn, who now comes into the equation. Yeah, I think Kuhn will come off the bench, maybe just a wee bit early for him, having not had a, a, you know any training sessions before he came into us with his dentistry or whatever it was. So yeah, Abada and Palmer for me, I think that's quite straightforward. Yeah, there was comments from Stephen Welsh during the week, I think it was, talking about Kuhn, and he said he's absolutely lightning, said he's very sharp, very lively, uh, and he looks a, a nightmare to play against. He, he did caveat that by saying he's not quite as fast as Dyson, but he then said that Dyson's the fastest guy he's ever seen. So, Kuhn's an exciting one, isn't he? Obviously, it would have been nice to see him against Bucky Thistle last week. It might have been a nice bit of timing to introduce him in a, a less challenging game, but... He's, you know, spoken a few times now. He was on the park at half time, wasn't he? Speaking to Neil Lennon and others uh, at the Bucky game, he'll be absolutely raring to go. He's obviously put in another week's training, got more of a feel for what it is to be a Celtic player, and he'll be desperate for tomorrow's game to get some sort of involvement. Yeah, and you know, as much as I'm not starting him, starting him, I want to see him on as early as possible. You know, it wouldn't be likely, uh, like Rogers, to put a guy on at half time, but it'd be nice if for comfy by then, and he can. And he can run right at a wee bit, um, not to get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I'm really excited about him. Great to hear that kind of thing from Welsh, um, because that's you know up close and personal, seeing a guy how he can move. So it bodes well for you know for his coming to Celtic and uh, hit the ground running. Yeah, in terms of backup players, so guys that might just miss out, the one main guy for me would be Thiago Home. He obviously started in place of Callum McGregor, and it was good to see McGregor get that rest last week. I think it was the right thing to do and it's, it's rare to see, but Celtic's seen a, an opportunity and they took it. Thiago Holmes stepped in the number six. Now, he's not going to keep his place ahead of Callum McGregor, but he done okay in the day. He's There's a birthday thing going on right now, isn't there? He, he turned 21 a week or so ago and 
he'll be you know keen just to to further impress and he'd fallen out the picture a wee bit, but he might now be one of the the subs that Rogers turns to when he's making these changes in the second half. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's on the bench for me for sure. Um, with a, a caveat that where is Iwata? Haven't heard sight or sound of him since he went off against Lazio. So um, <clears throat> if Iwata was fit, I'd like to have seen him on the bench. But yeah, Holm did enough last week to to show he's got something and he's developing and maybe he's maturing a wee bit and things like that. Rogers will know exactly what Holm needs to do. Hopefully Holm takes that on board and does it. But yeah, he's on my bench for sure. Yeah, the other lad uh, very much worth mentioning is Rocco Vata. He's made a lot of headlines this week, as has his dad. His dad's been out speaking about his situation. Um, it looked like he was absolutely for the off, you know, a couple of Serie A clubs in for him. All of a sudden, there's a turnaround. It looks like there's been ongoing discussions. The suggestion is a new contract announcement is imminent, and he gets minutes all of a sudden against Bucky Thistle. He looked lively. He also looks like he's worked on himself. He's bulked up a wee bit in the gym, and he got his goal. So th- there's promising signs there. Now, in general, and without any of us really knowing the story behind the scenes, it sounds like maybe Rocco Vara was getting a wee bit ahead of himself, you know, thinking he was due first-team minutes when perhaps he wasn't. Maybe there's been a correction there, a, a discussion between him and the manager. But he seems back in the plans now. And certainly with Kyogo being the only viable option, there's every chance Vata gets more minutes tomorrow. I think he should, because we want to see him develop. But my take on the situation is they've, they went to market and the market hasn't met their valuation as to what they can get for him, what he can get on a weekly basis. And that's why they've come back with their tail between their legs and realised that you need to develop if you want to hit the numbers. I mean, I think it's madness that you've got a guy who you hear decent things about, and I've seen a wee bit of um, in the youth squad and the B squad, but not saying the header, like, not like, oh man, this guy's going to be the next big thing. A decent looking player, played a bit of pre-season with us, all that stuff, but... Yes. I think he's way, way ahead of himself. And I hope that is just immaturity with poor advice from his father, to be fair, um, that he's letting run riot with that. Just, you know, get a, just relax, put your head on your shoulders and get your head down and get some work done. Um, starting tomorrow, come off the bench and do something tomorrow. Show me that you should be in between Kyogo and O in terms of starting positions. And then we can start to you know, develop a plan for you, but he's miles away from it. So I want to see him do well, but he needs to calm down. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what his dad's previous comments might have been, but you'll have seen the clip that was doing the rounds during the week, yeah. and we offered a more balanced viewpoint. The, the gist of it was that Rocco wants to move. You know, that was the kind of headline that came from Rocco wants to move, but I don't think he's ready yet, you know, as the father. He said he had very different options as a young player in Albania. Life was different then, and you didn't have the hopes and dreams that you could even get out of the country at the time, given what was going on. But Rocco's in a different situation. He's grown up here and he dreams of Barca's and Real Madrid's and all these kind of things. That's great. Have ambition, have dreams, but don't step up, you know, jump a couple of steps before you're ready. Do, do the development itself take. And I think that's what his dad was saying. There's He's in a good place to develop and that was his advice that he might want to stick here for a couple of years. And I think that's got to be the right move. He's 18. He's, he's not long turned 18. So there's plenty of time for him to mature as a player, develop and, and get minutes here. So let's see. And Brendan Rogers was speaking quite positively, wasn't he, during the week about youth. Now, I hope that's not a smokescreen for no signings. You never know. But he was speaking about the potential of, of youth getting a chance. So whether it's Rocco Vata, Mitchell Frame, Daniel Kelly, who debuted last week, let's see what he decides. Uh, James, we'll need to take a quick look at Ross County. So struggling definitely. So they're in 11th place, second bottom of the table, albeit they're six points ahead of Livy with a couple of games in hand. Livy looked doomed and 
that's fine. Uh, we'll skip by that. The main headlines coming out of Ross County are from Derek Adams. So he took over from Malky McKay kind of towards the end of November. A guy who's obviously held that job before. And he's taken what looks like the Troy Deeney approach to management. He's thrown players under the bus, the league under the bus, the, the, the environment that he's in. And it's strange actions from a guy who knows exactly what Ross County are all about, exactly what Scottish football is all about. And you know, I'm I, I reading too much between the lines. It's almost like a guy that wants sacked. He's taking the job and regretting it, and he's looking for the payout. It's strange noises he's making. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd heard, without me getting right into the detail of it, I'd heard all the cliff notes about he was saying this or that. So I went into it this morning and looked back in his last few interviews. Absolute crackpot. Um, just some really bizarre stuff. You know, the first one, sagging off not just his team, the away team, and the whole of Scottish football. Now, see his first interview, I was thinking, okay, you know, let's... That might be a conversation worth having. That you know, we would say ourselves that we need to raise the standard in Scotland, and we need to kind of, you know, bring in guys who've got a bit of tactical innovation to defeat a Celtic and a Rangers, and maybe a Hearts and a Hibs. Not Hibs, but Aberdeen, maybe not Aberdeen actually. Just Celtic and Rangers, say. Um, but it's not. It's all low block, and it's you know, cart horses and industrial football that the referees let go and all. So. In his first interview when he came out with stuff, I was like, all right, well, you know, there's maybe somebody to say there's problems here. But it just unravels from there. Like, he's talking about League Two, Morecambe are way better than this. I- I'm not buying that, right? Um, journalists asked him questions. You know, how do you think the team played today? How do you think the team played today? You know, stupid stuff like that. Uh, we, were we, we were a better side. You don't know the real Derek Adams. He referred to himself in the third person three times. Really? Just bizarre. I'm, I'm trying to kind of go, is he trying to create a bit of noise that takes the focus off the team? But then part of that noise is absolutely hammering the team. So not really. I, I think he's all at sea. See me type in uh, Derek Adams, Ross County on YouTube. It goes back years. He's been at this for years. Bizarre behaviour. So yeah. fighting with players on the touchline, all this kind of stuff, fallouts. Strange guy. Don't understand it at all. So, yeah, he is what he is. That is strange. I tell you something, James, Tino does not like people speaking in the third persona. I think it's a very strange thing to do. Um, yeah. There was others coming out. I think Tony Watt spoke during the week. He, I think he knew of Derek Adams' father. I think he was involved in football. said he's a brilliant guy, but he can't understand what Derek Adams is going on about. Tony Watt's been around the block, played down south, and he says there's no comparison between League 2 Morecambe and, and some of the stuff going on and the Scottish top flight, let alone the Scottish Championship. So bizarre stuff. I didn't realise he had form for it. I've just got to say, I've not had reason to pay much attention to Derek Adams yeah. in, in recent years, but it's odd odd behaviour. And at the end of the day, it's not the kind of behaviour that's going to motivate a team. And you're seeing that in the results. So they've lost four out of their last five, the most recent being a 3-0 tanking yeah. at home to Patrick Thistle in the Scottish Cup. So from a Celtic point of view, it's got to be a good game to have, isn't it? You know, we're looking to just get back on track and, and keep the momentum going. We're obviously five wins from five now. And Ross County, at the moment, at Celtic Park, is a pretty good fixture for us. Yeah, I mean, if you took Derek Adams out of the equation, so say it was John Hughes or Malky McKay, was still there, whatever kind of thing, and a team was on that kind of form, then you're worried that, you know, they're a wounded animal and they're going to come out and stop the raw and what better way than to get any kind of result at Celtic Park? With Adams there, I just that that adds to the mix that why would they bother playing for that guy? So you can't count your chickens, and we certainly can't take it for 
granted uh, tomorrow, but it, it should be the ideal fixture to restart your league campaign after the winter break, 100%. Yeah, and I don't think there's any danger of, of Celtic under, underestimating them. Celtic obviously scouted Bucky Thistle, for example, recently. Regardless of, of who the opposition is and what kind, of, what kind of form they're in, then I don't think there's any danger of Celtic being complacent on the day. Just having a quick glance at the odds, um, if anyone's that way inclined. Ross County are 25-1 to to beat Celtic tomorrow. Celtic 16-1 on, and that seems about right, if not, you know, a bit skinny, you know, based on, on what's going on. Um, let's get back to Celtic. So, obviously, James, I mentioned there the five wins on the bounce. And a good place, good energy. I'm sure Coons added to the squad and lifted the levels in training. And I think Stephen Wells said as such. Obviously, we want other guys to come in, but we'll catch all that in next week's <laughs> post-transfer window disaster show. But we'll, we'll get to all of that. So, what do you expect from the players in terms of headspace and, and where they'll be given recent results? Hey, I think they'll be... In a good place, headspace wise, you know, be good to see uh, Carter Vickers coming back, so he'll be buzzing to get back on the pitch. Um, there's there's opportunity while guys are away, you know, while guys are away in um, Asian Cup and various things, so there's opportunities for guys to cement their places. You've got pressure on Palmer, um, maybe Kuhn, uh, maybe Abada with, with Kuhn being around. Um, yeah, we're starting to add a bit of competition in places. Obviously, there's a big gap at left back, but there's competition around in other places. And, you know, that's that's what drives a squad on to, to the best that they can be. So, yeah, I think the squad's going to be a, a pretty happy place. We've come through that, that tie against Bucky really well, really professionally, and it's just into the, tomorrow to get the three points on the board. Yeah. You like a mad old scoreline in games like this, so what are you going with in this one? That's mad, mad. Uh, should have thought about that before I came on, really. Um, I'll go for another 5 now. Two five another 5 now. win was the last 5 now? Last week. Last week. 5 uh, now. Do you know what? I've got to agree. Now and then, I think you're... You get a wee bit overexcited with your scoreline predictions, but I think I think it's accurate on this occasion. I think, actually, it can't be anything less than 4 now for Celtic. Oh, hold on. Hold on, I'll plug in my laptop, James, before the whole thing goes kaput. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's got to be four or five, nothing. But a lot of it, for me, would come down to the fact that, as you mentioned, there's competition for places and guys that you know want to be a part of what's going on. Nicholas Kuhn will be desperate for minutes tomorrow. So does that drive on Palma Nabada, as you mentioned? Hugo's always greedy for a goal, as, as all good strikers should be. And then you've got guys like Bernardo chipping in from midfield. I think it's three goals in the last four games. So I just... You can't see anything but a Celtic win, and you know, hopefully, this isn't something that comes back to bite us. But the way things are going just now for both sides, you'd be hopeful of Celtic racking up a few goals. I'll go four now just to be slightly different, but I can absolutely see why yourself and a couple of commenters, Colin Short in the, the comments, for example, also going for five now. Um, just a thank you for everyone that's joined us in the live, whether that's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and certainly anyone that's listening on the podcast format. We really appreciate the support. If you are enjoying what we do, be sure to share this episode with your Celtic support and friends as we start to, to grow and develop what we're doing here at the Celtic Exchange. James, just as we start to wrap up, then your final comments ahead of Celtic Ross County tomorrow at Celtic Park. Just a very, very important tie to um, to get this momentum going again. Um, really, really important period for the league campaign. The transfer window is a distraction and we all want to see stuff done there. But I suppose the good thing is it'll all be done on Wednesday and then we're just Wednesday. 
Thursday at 11.30. Thursday. Thursday. Um, and then we've got the squad we've got and we just get right on the uh, get on the bike and just yeah. head for the finishing line, you know? There is the added factor that Rangers play St Mirren at 12.30 tomorrow and they could close the gap to two points, albeit temporarily. So that's a, that's a test psychologically of this Celtic side to see where they're at. But with Callum McGregor and others like that, back on track, James, and guys who have, have seen it and done it before, we should have the right headspace to go and, and get the job done against Ross County. Uh, thanks to James for joining me here today. And thanks, as always, to everyone who's tuned in, as I say, whether it's on the live or in podcast format. We really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow night around about 7 o'clock after the game with the final whistle show. In the meantime, from myself and James, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again very soon. Podcast Network.